Welcome to the Tad and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast. And I can't believe it, it's already September, and uh, that means it's time for another Half a Day podcast. Half a Day. I'm Ted, that happens to be Brad, and that's exactly the way you said it too on Guam, wasn't it? Yeah, that's exactly how we said it too. It's not Hafa Day, it's Half a Day, which basically means, hey, how's it going, brah? Good deal. Well, we always start off, or we usually have been starting off these podcasts by uh, uh, talking about what's the current trend, what's going on, you know, kind of chasing the rabbit here down a trail or whatever. Yeah. Who would have thought that this whole COVID thing would still be around in September, back in March? You know, it's just one of those things that we're just adapting, uh, and and we're adapting quite well, too. I meant, uh, you know, either you wear the mask or you don't wear the mask, but we got the kids back in school, and I was just talking to Ted before this that probably have um, a child or two that maybe lost a mask or put it down (laughs) or found out that this mask is exactly like this child's mask, and boy, that would just be a... Something not to think about. So we're just talking about maybe getting some lanyards and having alligator clips on each side, and then they never, ever lose the mask again. Have you seen any masks and rubber gloves in the parking lots? Yes. Oh, man, that just... Oh, man, that just burns me. It's a little pet peeve now. And and you really can't pick them up either. I mean, being a good citizen, if you see something that's on the floor, I mean, you were taught, hey, you know, pick that up and you would put it in the trash. But good gravy. Think about this. What would you have to do to pick those gloves or masks up? See, I'm that way. I've been taught my whole life that if I see a, a napkin or something on the ground blowing across the parking lot, I just pick it up. My wife and kids tell you. I'll pick up trash all the time and carry it up to the door. There's always a garbage can near the door, usually by the cart return place, and I'll take it in there and drop them in. But I found myself looking at those rubber gloves and those masks saying, I don't know if I'm I'm comfortable picking those up or not. No, no. And you shouldn't pick them up either. And it's almost like... The only way you could do it is you find yourself a stick, you know, and if you're, um, I mean, if you're agile enough and you can, you know, drop it in. But no, I just really, oh, that just really ticks me. And you know what really ticks me off is when you see them when they're right by the door where the trash can is. Yeah. It's like, couldn't you make it? You yeah, know, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Would you miss? That type thing. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've, we've been using the reusable ones. You know, we've got the cloth ones that we reuse and we just throw in the washer and and wash them up and, and things. So the, the blue ones kind of creep me out. The blue surgical medical looking masks, yeah. you know, those just, it's like, ah, did you just come out of surgery or something? Or, you know, the or some kind of disease control play? I, I don't know. But anyway, I'm waiting on the results from my COVID or my antibodies test. Um, I went and gave blood here recently. Okay. And when you give blood at Blood Assurance, they give you a free antibodies test. Okay. And uh, so I'm waiting to see when that... Of course, you know, one of the reasons why is because if you have the antibodies, then they're going to ask you to come in and start donating plasma regularly because they can give that plasma to older adults um, that have it and it'll help, you know, help fight it off. You think there'll be a vaccine by the end of the year? I think so. I think they're getting really super close on that. I really do. So... All right, so let's shift gears here, and well, we'll kind of stay in the same lane. How would your parents, let's compare our parents, how would our parents handle things today if they were parenting us? You know, think back to, I'm 53 years old. Uh, You are how old, Brad? 56. 56, so you got me about three years. Not that much of a difference. Basically, when Brad was a senior in high school, I was a sophomore or freshman. Yes. uh, Mm -hmm. So that's the difference there. With this whole pandemic thing going on, would your parents, how would your parents have handled it uh, if they were raising up the young Brads during that time? 
Okay, is it the parents that we knew back in the 1980s or everything that they've been influenced and now it would be um, it would be this see, year, Are you asking what have been your parents then or what your parents are now? Yeah. Let's do both. Let's okay. play that game first. Start back then. Um, my parents probably wouldn't have cared less, really. They probably would have thought, you know, uh, this is, you know, watch yourself, maybe keep six feet away. You know, just use your best interest. I mean, they they basically let us have free reign back then. Uh, you know, it was completely different back then. So if you're listening to this and saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this," but you, you got to remember, there was not the internet, and we didn't. We had the nightly news, and so that's how we would have known about it. But I, I don't think my parents would make me. Well, they probably would have made me wear a mask. You know, if I was out in public, it probably would have been the social graces, but I don't think there would have been any conversation or any uh, anxiety or anything of the sort if if it was my 1980s parents. Now, if it was 2020, um, I would say maybe it would be a little bit... No, Ashley wouldn't. No, it'd still be the same. Would it really? Yeah, it would be the same. Your mom and dad right now, you don't think they're taking it very seriously? Oh, no. My mom and dad are definitely not taking it seriously at all. Not at all. They could. They they just want it to be over. Yeah, I mean, sure. Just, they... My mom, um, you know, of course, my dad's been, been dead for about 20 years, but my mom, um, she's still a little, I'm surprised, she's a little gun shy now. Mm of getting out in public and things really? and, uh, and restaurants and that kind of stuff. She's done it a couple of times occasionally, her and her husband, but um, but not anything like she used to. I thought she would be out there, you know, like norm, nothing ever happened. Um, but she is being cautious, maybe just because of her age. You know, she's getting up there. She's not that much. She's only six, 17 years older than I am. Um, wow. She was 17 when she had me. And, uh, um, and so, but back then, mom was pretty... We had free reign too. We were able to go play, but we all mom always knew. We always knew mom was watching. Hmm. You know, in fact, the neighborhood called her eagle eyes. On Whoa! Friends, come on, like, hey, be careful, Ted. Mom's watching. You know, because we had shears in the window, the shear blind, and you'd see him kind of move back and forth. So oh, mom was always keeping an eye on us where we were and what we were doing. And we never really went very far away from the house because all our, we live in a neighborhood, and so we had four houses, five houses that my friends lived in around there, and so we were always hanging out there. But um, my dad, dad would have been like. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, I've had it. You know, just wash your hands. You know, yeah, exactly. My dad, and I never thought about this until just now. Dad would come home from work because most of the, he, he was a an engineer at General Electric Appliance Park, very intelligent, um, a foreman for a lot of time out there. But and he he worked third shift some, second shift, but the majority of the time that I remember, he worked first shift. So he would get up, he'd go to work in the morning, and then he'd come home, and we'd have supper, and then he'd help get the dishes, or whatever. And then he'd read the newspaper and fall asleep on the couch Dude, or, or in the bathroom. Exactly. And I'm like, but if you're just now reading the newspaper that came out this morning, how old is that news? Of course, again, different different time right, period now yeah. because we live in up to the second news. You yep. know, something happens right now, you're going to hear about it right now on your phones and your watches and everything. Um, but not then. Dad, you know, the news back then was so outdated by the time most people read it. I mean, and, and you got to remember back in, there was only three channels that you had, yeah. ABC, CBS, and NBC, at least where I was. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, we, had, would, we had like a what would be a Fox station now, but it was, you know, it was the public, it was public oh, broadcasting. As oh, yeah. You always had, well, okay, I got to tell you this, Channel 13, KCOP in, in, in Los Angeles, that was the other rate station you know that 
um, you know, tried to do the news and tried to do X, Y, and Z. And so, but my dad would do the exact same thing. He'd come home, uh, you, you know, uh, scream about work and then <laughs> fall asleep and that would be it. And so, and then I was out every single night. I mean, that's how it was. And I think mom and dad, you have to remember, they're in California. Yeah. And so they can't leave the house, period. They really can't leave the house. You know, I mean, they- Are they? Dad goes to the ranch. I mean, we yeah. we have to go to the ranch to feed the cows. And and I, my mom goes out. I'm, I'm, they don't care. They they just don't care. They're, my mom and dad are so lackadaisical, you know, that they don't get excited about anything anymore. I mean, they've seen it all. They've done it all. They don't care. So stereotypically, California is such a liberal state, right? Oh. Would you say it's the most liberal state? It in is the now. Okay. How do your how does your mom and dad land on that spectrum? Holy cow! My uh, um, my dad is is very conservative. My mom leans more moderate. I think she leans conservative now because what they've seen. But uh, you have to remember when I was in high school, it was you know it was Reagan and mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, I remember reading the funnies. The comics and everybody was pro Reagan back then, and just the the craziness. And so, yeah, everybody was pro Reagan. In fact, my my relatives know Reagan. They knew him personally. Used to invite him over for barbecues and stuff like that. I mean, they got stories to tell on that. But now, I mean, they they just don't. I, I, I kind of feel sorry for them because they're in lockdown, and now they got the rolling lock blackouts Power, and all that, and that's going through right where we are. And so it's. You know, but yeah, we grew up very conservative. Another question along those lines: If President Reagan was alive today, would California be embracing him like they did then? Absolutely not. Really? Absolutely not. No, no, not at all. Um, and it's just, it's just a different time. I mean, in the '80s, it was more uh, that that generation of uh, coming out of Carter and. And now it's just, uh, I wouldn't go back. So what about racial injustice, racial issues and things? You know, my mom and dad, I I grew up and I was bust when uh, um, I was in the seventh grade. Oh, were you part of that? Yeah, they brought up busing uh, and they did it by grades and and last names or it was, yeah, last names by depending on grade. And I was to be bused in the fourth grade and the seventh grade. Well, I was already in the sixth grade when this busing, when they started the busing. And so when seventh grade came around, I got on a bus early morning, rode to my home school, got on a different bus and drove to the other side of downtown Louisville oh my gosh. Uh, to Parkland Middle School. Loved it. Had a great time. It was an older school. I wasn't too crazy about that, but it, I didn't mind the ride or the drive. I mean, it got old some days. You know, you're on the bus for 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. Um, but... I don't remember, and, and the buses that I was on, of course, I think it was maybe the year before, so it cooled down a little bit. I mean, I remember hearing the reports of people coming out and throwing rocks at the buses and, and stuff like that, um, but I never had to experience any of that. When I was busing, it was kind of a normal thing now, so here you go. And But my mom and dad always taught me to, I guess, not see color, uh, to just to, I mean— the thought of some of the racial issues and things that are going on now, the racial injustice, my dad and mom would be ticked, you know, at that. Um, they were all for everybody is created equal and everybody is the same in God's eyes and you better treat each other that way. If my dad ever heard me use a derogatory comment or racial comment, oh my gosh, I would have never seen, you know, I'd have felt it, you know, for sure. 
What about your parents? How okay, they? so let's back up. Okay, my grandparents, they were the most racial people to walk the really? face of the earth. My wow. grand my my dad's dad and my my mom's dad. Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah, total I meant just uh, I I can't even describe it. Mom and dad, they taught us not to see color either. I meant it was you know, no big deal. I meant uh they never ever mentioned it. They never ever said any epithets, uh, you know, bad words about uh, other people. Um, they, uh, I meant, uh, Lompoc even back then was heavy migrante, migrant mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. So you know there was no problem. Uh, the gangs were not it, there. Well, the, the gangs were just coming into being when I graduated from high school. They came out of. Uh, um, uh, 18th Street and, and some of the big gangs out of Los Angeles moved up. But no, as we were growing up, we never saw color and we never heard any anything bad about the Spanish people or anything about the African-American community. And and back then, there wasn't that much of an African-American community to start with. I meant they were at the school, you know, I meant there was just some. There wasn't a proliferation, I guess you could say, an exodus. But no, we were never taught to be racist at all. And I just don't, it, it, it's not in my, as people would say in your DNA, to say, oh, you know, be racist toward that person because they're lower than you. Heck no, man. I'm, right. I mean, some of the people that I've read that are different eth ethnicities were 10 times smarter than up uh, than me you know so i had the utmost respect for them sure sure my you know my family is in louisville kentucky and so that's kind of one of the racial injustice hotbeds there oh yeah the taylor and things yeah. and so my mom you know of course she when, when all the writing was at its peak um you know she stayed in fern creek which is where we grew up it's kind of a suburb of, of louisville uh, louisville's gotten so big now uh incorporated so many of these little towns but fern creek is a suburb of louisville and, uh, you know, she watched it all on TV and just broke her heart to see, you know, what was happening at downtown. But never, never anything racial. You know, it's just like there's a big misunderstanding. Why can't people get along? So um, what about discipline? How would your parents handle discipline with you and your brothers now versus what they did then? Would, uh, would it be different? I, I, let's go back to the beginning, though. I meant if I screwed up and, and it was wait till your father gets home. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that That's, was that was a little bit of ours too. That was the worst thing. I meant uh, if you did something at eight o'clock in the morning, wait till your father gets home. Oh my gosh, agony, what agony. What kind of memory did your mom have? What's that? What kind of memory did your mom? Oh, have? she was sharp as a tack. She's a, she's still <laughs> as sharp as a tack. She's extremely intelligent. I meant she used to write plays in high school for okay. so yeah so when she said wait till your day gets home you knew she would remember it oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> you know and uh you know an hour before dad got home go to your room oh no <laughs> you knew what was going to happen and uh i gotta share this story because this is just blow your mind i was 23 okay i was i was a senior in college and i went to the bahamas with my parents and I wanted to go, and we had an hour and a half to get back on the boat. And my parents go, okay, we're all going to go to the boat now. I said, no, nah, I'm going to hang out. I'm going to get some souvenirs or something like that. And she's, he's like, no, you're going to get on the boat right now. And I said, no, I'm going to go get some stuff. He goes, do I need to peel your pants? <laughs> At 23. years old. <laughs> I was like, okay, I think there's some dementia going on here or some senility. I mean, there's got to be something wrong here, Dad. You're going to take my pants down in front of all these people and spank my butt at 23. What happened? Did you get on a boat? 
I I gave in. I got on the boat. I was just like, whatever. Whatever. I I just ain't going to deal with this. So, yeah, the punishment uh, or the anticipation of the punishment was always worse than the punishment. Same thing here. Now, let me add this, though. You know how they say, didn't you spank your child and say, oh, I didn't mean to do this and I love you and all that? My dad only said I love you once to me in my whole entire life. And that's after I graduated from college. Wow. So, you know, you paid the penalty and now you're going to live in hell, (laughs) you know, for the rest of the weekend. My mom and dad, my dad, I guess, had some divine inspiration because when he was in high school shop class, he he made this wooden paddle. And uh, it was about, what, a foot long, I guess, and about, you know, an inch or two inches thick and had a handle on it. And oh, geez. And uh, it was nice. It was smooth. It looked oh, really, yeah, my, dad, you know, my dad was talented and he could make anything. And uh, so it was really good. I'm sure he got an A on it in, in shop class. And it lived in the bottom drawer in the kitchen and right beside the, uh, um, right beside the, the stove. And uh, during the day, me and my three brothers, if we were ever just getting into it and we just pushed the wrong buttons, whatever, mom would finally say, you know, this is it. You better stop. This is your warning. And then we, you know, because we're brain damaged, where we keep on doing it. And then all of a sudden you'd hear her. She'd go stomping into the kitchen. She'd pull out that drawer. The potholders were also in there. And she'd pull out that paddle, and she would slam it down on the counter. And that was it. And then we knew that if that paddle was on the counter when Dad got home, we would get it. Oh, my. So if we were good, if we behaved ourselves, if we walked on eggshells the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. Mom finally would go in there and take it, and she'd put it in the drawer. And that way, okay, we got a reprieve here. But it, if it was there when our dad got home, we we got it. And it was like, Dad, it wasn't me. It was Sean. It wasn't even, I, didn't, I wasn't even home. You know, it didn't matter. He was swinging. No, but um, but and then from time to time, we would go and we would sneak it and put it back in the drawer. And Mom, oh. would forget. And Mom was real preoccupied or real busy. You know, she'd forget. Oh. And, uh, and then one day, the paddle went missing. And we have no idea where it went. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Okay. Years later, we found it in my little brother's drop ceiling uh, in his room downstairs. He had taken it. He got enough guts to stick it up in the ceiling there and never say anything about it. And so, uh, um, anyway, that that was how discipline was handled out. But now I look at, do you have nieces and nephews? Yes. Do your your parents discipline them that you know of? Um... No, probably not. Mom is the bopshi, and that means loving grandmother in Polish. And so, no, they they leave it up to the, to the parentals. But yeah. my sister-in-law is way off in left field somewhere, you know, so. My, my nephews and nieces, from what I understand, again, it's in Louisville, um, and the few times that I've been around them all, I need to do it more often. I miss it. But uh, when they're all there, and my mom is the same way. She's just a loving nana and uh, and everything and uh so anyway all right what about uh um church spiritual disciplines and things like that would your mom and dad be any different now with you all at home than what they were back then absolutely not really no my mom and dad are not christian so you know it doesn't matter you know and i told you this i don't know if you've heard this story before but when i was in uh eighth grade um they would sit on the couch and eat pancakes and watch uh, bugs bunny and they forced me to go to church yeah ride the bike so yeah uh, no my mom and dad probably be the same i mean they were my mom still goes to church these days you know when she can now with all the covid stuff she's yeah. watching online but uh um there all right what about fun and adventure the things that your mom and dad did for fun and adventure back then with you and your brothers 
what would they do now if they were living today? Yeah. Here. I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, are they the same age as they were back then, or are they 80? <laughs> <laughs> No, mom, mom and dad still go out. I meant uh, they still go to the places that they like to go, and I'm talking like long distance. And you know, they, they I meant during this COVID crisis, you know, when their friends are getting older, and some of them have cancer and stuff like that. But if if they were in perfect health and their friends were in perfect health, I think they'd still go goof off and go camping and hunting and shooting and you know. All yeah, that. you said the c word. My parents are big campers. In fact, I uh, love camping. Uh, my dad, my dad, mom, my dad built a camper that would go on the back of our pickup truck. Yeah, it had a bathroom. It had a big bunk over the cab. Yeah, it had a table that made a bed. Had a stove. Had a sink. Had a closet and all that kind of stuff. And we would go camping all the time. The Smoky Mountains, Gatlinburg, you know, from Louisville, um, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Green River, just all over the place. And uh, that's how we vacationed. We vacationed in the camper. I can remember staying with my parents maybe once or twice in a hotel. Other than that, it was always in the camper camping somewhere. And um, um, so they would would still be – if my dad had lived – all this time, I think my mom and dad, after the, he retired, they've been traveling, they've been everything, so like that. And that's that's what, compared to your parents, I know you love your parents, and I do too. I love my parents too. How would how will you be different when you're their age right now? How will I be different? You know, I mean, obviously, there's a faith difference. There's a, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you, totally relationship totally. with the Lord. But yeah, beyond that. <sighs> You know what? Um, my wife Beth and I talked about this the other day. She, he's like, she's like, who's going to take care of us when we're old? And I said, that's why I work out every day. You know, so when I am eighty years old, that I'm not going to be in a nursing home or sick with X, Y, and Z or suffering from X, Y, and Z. Mom has gone through breast cancer, and that's a story within itself because she really didn't. She came off like she didn't care. Hmm. Isn't that the weirdest thing? She's like, ah, I got breast cancer, no big deal. I'm going through treatment, blah, blah, blah. And she was over it, and it's no big deal. And they never, ever talked about it again. My parents kind of instilled into us, you don't talk about your problems at all. So I have no idea what my I know my dad has got some health problems with his eyes, but that's about it. But every time I talk to them, they're just like, ah, hmm, ah you know, whatever. And... Hopefully, I'll be exactly as I am right now. I mean, I am training myself, I guess you could say, mentally, spiritually, and physically to stay as spry and young at heart as possible. So my parents, they basically don't care. I mean, my mom and dad are like, when I'm gone, you know, you guys can do X, Y, and Z. When, when we're gone, you can do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, man, what a what an attitude to have that you just really don't fear death and, uh, you know, I live my life, whatever. There's something freeing about that, though. Actually, there is. I mean, it, we know we can do that because of our faith in Jesus Christ, that when our time is up here on earth, well, our eternity continues in heaven, you know? Yes. We, the Bible says you... Uh, Precious is the sight of, of the death of his saints. And so when and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so as soon as we die, boom, we're, we're in heaven, and uh, uh, and our new eternity begins at that point. 
Um, and so that there's freedom with that, even though your mom and dad just that's their attitude. I know. Uh, not with the spiritual aspect, I but uh, really um, want to you know tell them about the love of Jesus you know, before they leave planet Earth. Yeah. I, I, that's one of my goals, and it's been one of my goals for the last 10 years. So, sure. you know, hopefully this next year when we all go to Hawaii, there you go. cross fingers, that, uh, you know, I can kind of sneak it in. Mom and dad are not the people, are not the kind of people that you want to talk religion uh-huh. with. Religion. Yeah, not I the, hate religion. Yes, exactly. They grew up Catholic. Yeah. And, you know, they don't like, they don't like what they have been subjected to now i'm not saying catholicism is there's some you know wonderful catholics out there that know jesus oh yeah it was just that legalism um, and things yeah it it was just how they were brought up in catholicism not saying catholicism is bad that's not what i'm trying to say it was just that what my grandfathers and their great-grandfathers in how they said this is how we're going to do catholicism and Mm -hmm. i think that really just warped their minds yeah, I'd like to think that uh, um, my parents set a good legacy for us, a good example for me and my brothers to follow, and and I like to think that we're parallel. I mean, again, we're a little bit more outgoing and a little bit more uh, um, fun-loving, I guess you'd say, than my dad was. My dad was a great godly man, though, um, but he was just real quiet, real reserved, kind of uh, the engineer, you know, type thinking, and uh, um, not a, a man of very few words. But those words meant something, and so I'd like to think that's how we are. And so when I, when, when the time comes for God to say, "All right, Ted, come on up. You've done it. Well done, good and faithful servant." That my kids and the people that know me around here are like, "Man, I hope we can live the kind of Christian life that Ted lived." That's that's kind of one of my goals. You know what? As, as I get older, you know, I, I I I was talking to Beth about this the other day. I said, "I wish I had kids." I did. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. There's always adoption. Yeah, there's always adoption. That is That's that right. is true. Foster kids, too. Yeah, that is too. true. But, I, you know, it, it's really weird as I start getting older. And it's not a, you know, selfish thing. It isn't like, oh, I need someone to take care of me when I get old. It's like, no, man, I wish I had someone to share my life with. Because, you know, when I'm out on trail and you see the dads out there with the six-year-olds, you know, with their brand new hokas on, you know, <laughs> running up again, you know. And it's just like, man, it sure would be nice to have a, a Brad out there or a junior Brad, you know, to take on and, and do those type of things. So. Brad and I have been talking today about kind of how culture, how we grew up in different cultures. He grew out west. I grew on the east coast and things. But our culture today, even as Christians, as believers, can be different and kind of anti what this world would tell you to do. There's another podcast that I have the privilege of being a part of. It's called the Intersection of Faith and Culture podcast. And you can find it just like you found this one, wherever you download your podcast from. All right, we're hanging back here with uh, with Brad on our Half a Day uh, podcast for September. This is our ninth episode. Wow. We've done this nine times now. I think we've got up to three subscribers now, three that, people that listen. Your so. mom and your and your brothers. And your wife, yeah. That's well, actually, it. your wife doesn't listen anymore, but anyway. No, she you know. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the music today that we're playing on J103, which is where uh, Brad and I work together and know each other. Any new music is ringing a bell for you? Um, yeah, the uh, um, the Josh Wesson Revolutionary has got a, a really nice uh, um, you know tone to where we are in the culture and stuff like that, and how we can be revolutionary, which is you know one of the things that I want to encourage you that you know if you're a brother or sister in Christ that uh, that uh, that we be revolutionary in kindness and stuff like that. It's you know just all the craziness that is going on in the world right now. Josh Wilson has a really good message about that. I like the Need to Breathe Who Am I song. Why? Oh, my goodness. It, because it's upbeat, because it's uh, um, 
and it just reminds you the message behind your song, behind that song is, you know, the world will tell us who we are or mm. try to tell us who we are, but that's really not who we are. Mm. You know, Jesus tells us who we are and when we're a child of the, of the king and child of God. Another song is uh, Matthew West, Truth Be Told. Yes. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, that's it, on the other end of the spectrum. Woo. It's slow. It's more of a ballad. No, man. But, but the, uh, that that message, though. How do you how do you define the message? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you want to go into this topic or not, but, man, I have... See, I, I grew up um, as a Lone Ranger Christian. And what that... And for those that don't understand that, man, it's like I did not want to be associated with any other Christian groups because just the facades that they would carry and just what I experienced in different churches around the country when I went there. And it was just like, I don't want to be any part of this. I just want to, you know, where is the Christianity that brought me to Christ? Where is that? And I couldn't find it in any church, you know, for a long, long time. I mean, I went to churches that, you know, put Beverly Hills to shame and stuff like that. And it was all about who you are and what you did and, and how you did it. And so I, man, that, that, that just totally just rings out that truth be told. And so I basically, I, I found a church though, by the way, for those that are still praying for me, um, you know, that dealt with that, the legalism and yeah. the, the issues in my life. But no, I was, oh my gosh. And Ted, you know, you and I, we grew up in that era when we didn't have the internet and when we turn on Sunday mornings, there was the preachers with the bouffant hair <laughs> and the Rolex and the powder blue uh, tuxedos, you know, you know, waving the Bible in our face, or at least we did out in California. The only time that I ever watched church on TV was early in the morning before we went to Sunday school, if it was on. It was just on in the living room before we left the house. And it was usually the Crystal Cathedral um, out yeah, there in yeah, LA. Robert Schuller. Yeah, Robert Schuller out mm-hmm. there. And uh, um, that, that was the only one we really watched online. But I, I like that Truth Be Told song because too many times we think we've got we've to portray this certain persona. We have to sh- look like we've got it all together when really we don't. Mm-hmm. And the only freedom, the song says, the only way to fix it is to admit it. And, and then to move on from there. So to me, that's a great song. It is. Great song there. Very good song. All right, let's move on here real quickly. Um, when talking about music and great songs, J Radio, we've got some exciting news there. That's another one of our ministries here at Partners for Christian Media. Mm-hmm. And J Radio, we finally got it. We got the approval. It's out. You can now download the J Radio app from your Apple um, Apple Store. You can now get it there. So yep. uh Android device, your Apple phones, and you can listen to J103 type music or any Christian music playlist, positive music playlist. You got a playlist, um, don't you, we, on there? You do, too. We, yeah. all, we all have playlists that are on there. Uh, and a lot of our artists have playlists they put together there. And you can download those and listen to those mu- that music wherever you go. So check it out. You can go to J103, jradio.com, jradio.com, and download it there. All right, as we finish up this uh, uh, this edition of Half a Day, would you rather, Brad, ding, would ding. you rather have skin that changes color based on your emotions or tattoos that appear all over your body depicting what you did yesterday um i'll take the uh skin change really oh yeah (laughs) why why no um i'd I'd probably do the skin change because you know what actually because it could be a reflection of his like you know, one of the things I was I was thinking about earlier today is like we take f- failures and the world tell us 
and the world tells us to dwell on them. You're not good enough. You didn't do this correctly. Da 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 da. Beat yourself down. Beat yourself down. Where you know we should be in the mind frame is like, okay, I failed. What can I learn from this, and how can I succeed? Yeah. So if my skin started turning a different color, I'd be like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Things are starting to change here. We need that what my pastor called metanoia. Uh, change your mind. Change that belief system. And as soon as my skin started turning blue, you know, for anger or no, I guess green with anger, I'd be like, wait a minute, hold on a second. It's starting to turn green. What is the situation here? How can I learn from this? And how can I move wow, on? Wow, this would be a great way to control, now, control the way you do that. But exactly, you know, but, it, but if I had a death in the family, I meant that would be blue. I think I would probably wear the blue and say, hey, guys, I'm in mourning, you know. Yeah. I, I think the tattoos would be super embarrassing. <laughs> if also they pop like, oh, everybody can see this. Whoa! Yesterday. Let me close. Let me wear them long sleeve shirts. Yeah, how now. you doing? You know. Uh, so I would agree with you on uh, because I, and for the same reason, basically, if, if if I'm starting to get mad or starting to get upset and I see my skin starting to turn real, real red, it's like, oh, hold on, count to ten, calm down, pray, okay, God, right, hear that type of thing. All right, final question. Would you rather have someone impersonating you and doing really amazing things that you get the credit for or find money hidden in weird places all around your house every day, but you can't figure out where the money comes from and how it keeps getting there? Oh, man, take the money. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, that's, that's a no-brainer right there, man. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Money. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Why? Why? Uh, I, there's a lot of things that I want, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, if I need to be super spiritual for a second, you know, I, I, I love giving money to my, my pastor. Um, we, we do a once-a-year large give to the, my pastor. Yeah. So that's what I would, pro- I, I would do. I, I care less if somebody else does something and I get all the credit for it. I mean, that's... Can you imagine having people walking up to you three, she's giving you hugs on random, saying, thank you so much for, your mask? for this or that or doing that? Yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah. Which, you know, or post-COVID. Let's talk post-COVID, not pre-COVID. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man. Post-COVID. Um, can you imagine that? People just walking up to you, Brad, thank you so much for doing blah, 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 blah. Yes, no, and you're like, no, I could care less. I had no idea. I could care less. Yeah. No, I, I, I really could. You know, it's, it's really weird. Since I've been married, I've become the biggest introvert, which is really scary because I used to go to the clubs four nights a week. Wow. Yeah, I used to be, yeah, from 18 to 37, I used to go to the clubs four nights a week. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go run eight miles. And if I see a person, you know, God bless them. There you go. So, yeah. Hey, next month, let's talk about retirement, what we would like to see and do in retirement. Oh, man, boy, we'd have a big show on that already. And then reality, what our retirement will look no, like. No, 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 <laughs> no. Stop that. It's the Hoffa Day Podcast. We'll talk to you next month, Brad. Peace. You have been listening to the Ted and Brad Hoffa Day Podcast.